The Pro Act know-how. Welcome to this live webinar. Today we're looking at tax and domicile uh, for UK expats in particular. We're thinking about expats that are living and working in the UK and UK expats that are living and working abroad and what the impact of, of domicile is on their, on their tax status. So uh, your residency is different to your tax residency and your domicile is different to your tax residency and, and your residency as well. But it's also different to your citizenship. So uh, as an expat, you could have a dual citizenship. Um, um, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your domicile is, is one or, or the other. So we need to have a look at that and, and consider those options in terms of what is the impact on your, on your tax position. Uh, you can only have one domicile at any one time. So you're either domiciled in the UK or you're domiciled in, in another country. You cannot be domiciled in two countries at one time. And, and, and the essence of that is to do with uh, the long-term tax implications. Effectively, your country of domicile have got a right to tax you on your worldwide uh, earnings uh, for capital and gains and inheritance um, and, 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 and that will be lost unless you've got a tax residency in another country with a double taxation treaty between you. So let's have a look at what domicile means. Essentially, uh, domicile is defined as, as your domicile of origin. So what is your domicile as origin? It's essentially, and um, we're talking about international common law here, is your domicile is is the country in which you're born uh, and, and which your, your father permanently lives. Um, so again, that can cause some uh, discretion. But if if you if you think about who your father is, where he's domiciled from, that would generally be your domicile. So you could be born abroad uh, with with a, a father who who has a, a domicile of a different country. And you will adopt the, the domicile of, of, of his country rather than um, uh, uh, where, where you're born as an expat at that time. Um, a, a domicile is, is, is a permanent residence um, uh, as well as uh, uh, somewhere that you're, you're from. So um, a, a long-term expat, as we'll see later in this talk, could, be could change their domicile. For domicile of origin, an expat uh, can have a child abroad and that child can still have the, the father's domicile from their home country. If, if you're not married, then a child will acquire the domicile of the mother. So it, it, the father is the only the uh, determines the, the domicile if it's a married couple. And, and if not, it's, it's the mother's domicile. And to change that, um, there must be a permanent change in, in your residency or a permanent indefinite um, uh, intention to remain abroad. Uh, and again, as we'll see later, you can't leave a country and, and change your domicile uh, immediately. Um, but making that a, a permanent home abroad and in, 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 in an intention to remain indefinitely abroad is the first step towards changing a domicile going forward. Um, expats, um, a UK expat, 
living and working in any other country other than the, the UK is not domiciled to that country. So therefore they have the advantages of domicile rules in that country of tax residency. Uh, the second type of domicile is that of dependency. Um, so if you're, for example, a minor, um, you will acquire the, the domicile of your legal dependent. So it's a similar sort of situation with, with parentage, really. Um, so if you've got a, a dependence, then that can define your, your, your domicile. Um, for people that were married before 1974, a woman would automatically acquire the domicile of her husband, but not since 1974. And that could have a big impact, for example, on tax residency. So uh, before uh, uh, 1974, um, people could ha acquire a, a US, uh, with a US domicile, would have an issue where they, they would uh, still retain an element of um, uh, US domicile for that UK tax residence, and that has implications back in the USA. Uh, to change that domicile of dependency, uh, you would need to become an adult. And once you become an adult, it's the same method of changing your domicile as, as with your domicile of origin, that you need to permanently relocate to a new jurisdiction have an in intention to indefinitely remain there. Uh, again, that's not as simple, but if you are brought up and, and educated in a country and then carry on living and working there, then, then by de facto, um, after 20 years of living in that country, that, that is your country of domicile. So to choose another domicile, um, then once you're at a, a adult age, um, you have to have um, a, a, a permanent residency in, in another country with an intention to remain there. Now, as we'll see later on, that you can't do that in an instant, and it can take up to 20 years to do that, depending upon the different rules of domicile and complexity. So uh, leaving the UK today or, or coming to the UK today doesn't lose your domicile tied to the home country. And for UK expats relocating abroad, uh, one example would be inheritance tax, which is defined by your domicile. So you have a worldwide liability to inheritance tax as a UK expat, as long as you are a UK uh, domicile by origin. So unless you choose to change your domicile, you're going to remain uh, liable to UK inheritance tax, even though you're an expat living and working abroad. So there's changes there that, that Proact can help with us. You can find out more at our website at proactpartnership.com or you can um, uh, follow us on YouTube, uh, subscribe to our Proact Partnership channel um, uh, for living and working abroad and, and look at the in a deeper depth at some of the issues that we've got on inheritance tax and, and, and long-term capital uh, protection for family and business. We've got a series that's running throughout this month where we look at other issues connected with domicile and residency uh, and, and the impact on family and business. So uh, go along to our YouTube channel, subscribe um, and, and never miss an episode and, and catch up on, on, on the other stuff. Um, so what we've said so far is that 
you've got a domicile of origin um, or dependency, and you can change that when you're an adult, but you have to uh, relocate to the next part and, and long term. Um, the UK authorities can deem you domicile no matter what you think or what you wish for. So it, it's not a, a simple matter of automatically trying to change your domicile. Uh, you can be deemed domicile in the UK or whatever. So uh, if you've got a tax return in the UK, either as a UK expat or as, as an expat in the UK, you'll be deemed domicile in the UK. If, if your uh, domicile of origin is in the UK, and, you, and you've been tax resident for the last two years. There's, so unless, while you've been in the UK in the last two years, you will automatically be deemed domicile in the UK. You can't avoid that uh, by, ch by changing. Um, if, you, if you've been on the reverse side, if you've been a UK tax resident for 15 out of the last 20 years and you're tax resident in the, in the last two or three tax years in the UK, again, you will be deemed domicile. So if you're not, if, if you come to the UK as an expat and, and, and you've been in the UK for 15 out of 20 years as a tax resident, uh, then the UK will automatically deem you to be domicile and, and uh, that will affect your, your tax status. Again, as, as we'll see later in terms of that. Um, and, and, and that gives you some indication uh, of, of what it takes to change a domicile. Um, under international law, um, domicile change is looked at over 20 years. And if you're a tax resident for 17 out of 20 years in another country, then you're likely to form, uh, uh, you, you can choose a domicile of that new country. Uh, the UK deem your domicile after five years, uh, 15 years anyway, um, but that domicile of choice could be made up to 17 years. Uh, so that's something to um, consider in terms of the impact, in terms of inheritance tax, capital gains, and, and, and worldwide tax planning. Um, one, once, uh, so let, let's now look at some of the uh, tax saving opportunities for uh, non-domicile and domicile uh, uh, expats. Um, the tax savings options remain around. If, if you've got the right type of domicile for a jurisdiction, you can look to uh, be taxed on a remittance basis uh, or as a non-dom or um, a mitigate in inheritance tax. Uh, each of those are slightly different and different countries offer those tax saving opportunities. So some countries might offer uh, tax advantages on a uh, uh, your tax based upon your tax residency, uh, but they, but not on the tax domicile. So you can have a very efficient tax residency overseas, but still be liable to uh, inheritance taxes uh, at your home country. Other countries offer non-domicile status, which can give you certain protections against income, but not so necessarily capital. So choosing to change domicile in the long term can be a good long-term tax planning if you uh, have worked, lived and worked abroad in the very long term. So let's, let's have a look at that. Uh, with the UK, you can adopt uh, a non-domicile status. Um, but again, as we talked before, uh, your tax residence is the first thing. Um, 
and, and we talk often in our other YouTube partnership, Living and Working Abroad uh, videos about tax residency and how residency is not tax residency, and you could have an option to dual residency, uh, but still you're going to be domiciled. But if you're non-domiciled, you can choose to uh, be taxed on a, on a remittance basis. Now, during the first seven years, um, that can be a very tax efficient uh, way uh, of working. So if you come to the UK and you're non-domicile, um, uh, and there's a potential to work on a, a non-remittance basis, after seven years, uh, there come, there's a remittance basis charge. It's an automatic charge of 30,000 that's paid if you've been tax resident for seven out of the previous nine years. Uh, after, if you've been tax resident for 12 out of 14 years, then that, that uh, tax remittance charge goes up to 60,000 a year. So it's a flat rate charge, but then you're not taxed on your worldwide income and gains. You have to report it in your UK tax return as a UK tax resident, as a non-DOM, there's a limit to the amount of tax that you can pay. And obviously with high rate taxes at 45% and uh, uh, dividend taxes on top of that, it, you know, you could, there could be quite a large tax saving available for, for individuals there. Um, looking at some other jurisdictions, um, let's consider non-domicile non status in Cyprus. Now, Cyprus offer expats uh, a non-domicile status. So um, taking this 17 out of 20 years, you can be uh, registered as non-domicile in Cyprus. That allows um, uh, an, an, an expat to, be, uh, to enjoy 0% uh, tax on dividends and gains over that over that period while they're non-domicile so that's up to 17 years but it, it's 17 tax years after 20 that you can uh, have so if you're working from your personal service company receiving a large dividend income then you'll pay no tax from that um, even if that that company is abroad because your dividends are movable income so if you're a tax resident in cyprus and not on uh, the dividends you receive wherever that company is based are going to be taxed at 0% um, under the double taxation treaty. The other advantage for remote working uh, uh, as a Cyprus non-DOM is that you've got a 60-day tax rule. And if you meet the 60-day tax rule, you only have to be resident in country for 60 days. So someone enjoys moving about and wants to work in different locations, uh, you, you only have to be in Cyprus for 60 days a year to enjoy your, your uh, 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 a, a tax residency in Cyprus and a non-DOM status, which gives you uh, the tax benefits of dividends and uh, uh, interest savings uh, over, over that period of time. The other advantage of a Cyprus is that uh, for new employees uh, working uh, in, in a company in Cyprus, it, again, there's long-term uh, tax savings uh, of, of 50% or, or up to 50% of income tax. So you could be paying a maximum income tax rate of 17.5% for 10 year, 17 years uh, and 0% on dividends. Uh, so there are some potential advantages there. 
because at the end of that period, you can then choose Cyprus as a domicile and Cyprus has a 0% inheritance tax. So if you're a Cyprus domicile, your worldwide inheritance tax liability is, is 0%. Let's go along and let's have a look at some other uh, jurisdictions just to compare the, the option of tax residency and, and managing domicile. Uh, what we said earlier was that uh, for, for the first seven years, you're tied in by your expat uh, tax residency status and it gives you a tie to your home country and it makes it difficult for you to start pushing away from uh, your uh, domicile of origin um, but if you have a, a permanent base and it's indefinite and it's ongoing and certainly once you get beyond seven tax years you can start to make a claim of, of a domicile of choice it won't necessarily be valid uh, HMRC in the UK won't make a, an assessment or a ruling until you've got a claim and for inheritance tax for example uh, normally you have to die you can make a, a lifetime inheritance tax gift and have it tested, but um, essentially you can pay a lot of money uh, to create a, a, a set of documents which uh, verify and confirm your domicile of choice before the 20 years is up, and, and that can work. But there, there are other ways you can take action sooner uh, uh, to gift and protect your assets within trusts or companies to, to protect those assets. So with Portugal, you can register as, as a, a non-resident scheme uh, and there you only you, you don't pay any tax on your worldwide income. So it, it's different, but it's similar to Cyprus in terms of you're paying uh, no, no tax on your worldwide dividends uh, and income, only on a flat rate on your, your uh, Portuguese uh, income. Um, but it, it doesn't... Um, um, if you look at UAE, again, you've got a situation where it's managing your, your tax, but it's not giving you that non-domicile status uh, and, and choice of, of using those options. Um, so the slightly different uh, residency options that can manage uh, your, your domicile in a different way and manage your tax residency in a different way. So consider what, what regime works best for you. Um, where do you want to create your long-term permanent uh, residence and what advantage does it give you on, on inheritance tax uh, over that period of time? So in summary, what we've said is that uh, your domicile is not the same as your tax residency or your residency, and it's not the same as your uh, citizenship or your nationality. You can be dual residents, but you can only have one domicile. And, and that domicile follows you around. So while you're in another jurisdiction, you're not necessarily protected from the uh, capital and worldwide tax liabilities that you may attain uh, by your country uh, of domicile. Expats living and working in the UK uh, can use non-domicile status to be taxed on a remittance basis only. Uh, but uh, as they stay in the UK, uh, longer um, uh, over seven to nine uh, seven tax years uh, out of nine um, a remittance charge becomes so here's a quick summary of what we said in today's live webinar about um, tax and domicile for UK expats what we said is that 
domicile is not the same as your tax residency or your residency, but it's also not the same as your citizenship or your nationality. You can have dual residency, dual citizenship, but you can only have one domicile. Domicile is hard to change, uh, can take up to 20 years, and it depends in part upon your tax residency. So new expats <clears throat> for a period of three to seven years, a lot of difficulty in trying to change domicile. Uh, but I've, but the, you can still use, <clears throat> as an expat, uh, companies and trusts to protect uh, your business and family assets and property assets from inheritance tax abroad. Uh, your domicile will tie you to worldwide taxation liability in your home country unless you've got a tax residency in another country with, with a double taxation treaty between the two. Even so, for UK ex, uh, expats, for example, uh, domicile uh, defines a worldwide liability to UK inheritance tax. So all your businesses abroad, if you're still domiciled in the UK, are going to be taxed at 40% on death. You can protect against that using trusts and, and, and gifts and uh, companies as an expat uh, during the years until you could change your domicile. Even when you change your domicile, any intention to go back to your home country reverts your domicile to, to that of your origin. Uh, we talked about origin, uh, your domicile is defined by your country of birth, where your father is domiciled and, and has his permanent home, unless you, your parents weren't married, in which case you're tied to your mother. Um, so change your domicile, take some management, take some effort. Uh, Product can help you with that. You can find out more at our YouTube channel, uh, Product Partnership Living and Working Abroad, or you can uh, contact us at productpartnership.com. Uh, we've got a retained client service, which is with you every step of the way. And, and we can give you online advice and you can find out more and register and subscribe at productpartnership.co.uk. Uh, thanks for listening and watch our uh, YouTube webinars. Subscribe, share it to your family and friends, and we'll see you again next time. The ProAct Know-How, brought to you by ProAct.